1: Hello, welcome to Forest Focus as we head into FA Cup third round weekend. We'll look ahead to Nottingham Forest versus Blackpool at the City Ground, weather permitting. Uh, On Sunday, we'll also discuss the latest Reds news in the company of, first of all, uh, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, Happy New Year. How are you?
2: Cheers, chaps. Yeah, about a few days away. Back and refreshed and uh, looking forward to uh, FA Cup banana skin
1: uh yeah hopefully it doesn't prove to be the case but we'll discuss that in more depth second guest today is Mikey Clark Mikey your first appearance of the year as well how are you
0: it is yeah happy new year everybody yeah, I'm great thank you um good to see you both um my voice is just recovering I lost it a little bit over Christmas so if I croak a bit today please forgive me
1: We will, we will, fear not. Right, uh, let's start just plugging the Trent Navigation and sort of a correction from me because I don't know what I've been saying around this game. I think I might have been saying you can watch it at the NAV but you can't It's because it's not on TV and obviously not going to illegally stream anything. So uh, get down to the NAV though for the build-up at least and if you can't get to the game then uh, hang around there and look forward to liverpool versus arsenal or arsenal versus liverpool that is on uh, the big screen afterwards so make a day of it at the nav and thanks as ever for their support right uh before we get into blackpool obviously the big news of the week is ffp and we've been kind of taking the temperature of our panelists to see how they're feeling about it temps are you panicked are you uh very laissez faire about it all around these reports how are you feeling
2: i think like most fans a bit a bit annoyed that. You could see how we'd be a softer target than really getting into Man City-Chelsea. have been under the microscope for months and months and months. We've, we've seemingly no prospect of that coming to a, a head. Politically, we've we kind of seen how these things have worked before. That There's certain um, clubs who are who are harder to take on. And I hope we're not seen as a as a soft target, as perhaps Everton were last year. That said, the framework is known. And it's, it's down to the execs and the non-execs at, at Forest and every Premier League club to make sure they, they work within the, the rules. So I've seen some analysis on this, some interesting stuff from the likes of um, of Kieran Maguire and a lot of have-a-go Harrys um, trying to speculate and wind up fans at, at, at rival clubs. For what it's worth, if the technical defence about um, Brennan Johnson's sale um, to being predated Feels a bit flimsy to me if, if that is if that is the defence that we're gonna gonna go with with him having played matches in, in August. But that, that is just pure speculation, and there'll be people far more qualified within Forest um, and within the legal team that they've put together to to defend this robustly. So really hope um, that we're not pinged with with any kind of of, of points penalty. Um, but what is quite clear from um, the the trusted journalists that I've read and the the insight they've gleaned from Forrest is there'll be some kind of, of case to defend and some kind of argument to put forward. So I, I just hope we come down on the right side of that. Um, morning to everyone who's watching. There's a comment from
1: Lee about will the rumours uh, affect the players regards FFP. We'll discuss that on uh, Monday because Prutz is the guest and he's played, I think every club Prutz played for was under financial stress. That's probably why he played for them. But um, he played for Leeds when they had a 15-point deduction. And uh, so he's well placed to talk about uh, if it will affect the players and stuff like that. So we'll get his uh, insight to that on Monday with Protts and uh, certainly Greg and maybe Emily as well. Uh, see how that all uh, works out with their availability. Uh, Mikey, how are you feeling about it in general?
0: Yeah, very similar. I don't want to, be, don't want to speculate or anything because you know, we haven't got that long to wait until um until the decision is 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 made is next sunday isn't it give or give or take so um i'm i'm sure whichever way as temp says it the line falls um, we can debate it and maybe go into a bit more specifics. I think from my perspective and I understand it's not as simplistic as this and there will be a lot of nuances that that underpin it absolutely understand that but for those people in their jobs like myself that have a budget to work within that is always at the forefront of our minds. So whilst it's not a multi-million pound budget like Forrest would be, um, there is significant eyes and light shining on you when you go either side of it. So I'd like to think that every decision we made during this financial period and every, the previous one, sorry, and every decision we make now and going forward, they have that in mind. I think Mark's points that he raised on a previous episode, Matt, I think it was a couple of days ago, is exactly where I'm at which is I would like to think there are people a lot smarter than me that are in place at the moment that have been tracking this daily speaking about it on AGMs quarterly business reviews whatever they want to do and have a strong enough defence stroke argument to have that conversation with the Premier League and say look we're being open we're being transparent this is where we are with it if we've breached it for whatever reason we kept you informed you can continuously in the loop and you have that discussion um again don't want to speculate but like i said for those people that that run budgets money is always at the forefront of your mind so let's just hope that that's the case let's hope we could fall down on the right hand side of it but if we don't i think we do have to ask a lot of questions um around what's happened and maybe sort of get underneath it, get into the skin of it, into the bones of it. Um, But like I said, I don't want to speculate, but I am worried. I'm not going to lie. I am a little bit worried. I'm not sure why you appoint a lawyer on top of your already existing lawyers, on top of your already existing financial team, if you don't think this is necessarily a case to answer. But like I said, I I am speculating, but I don't want to speculate. But let's see where we're at Sunday, and uh, hopefully I'm worrying about nothing.
1: Yeah, I agree with both of you. I mean, there, there's, you know, there's a framework in place and you have to adhere to it. I don't think the framework's particularly right. It feels like everything's set up to protect the interests of the biggest clubs. And I think as football progresses over the next five to 10 years, it's probably going to be even harder to maintain pace with them. Whereas, you know, There's a whole Super League debate and everything around that. But for right now, Clubs of our size have to work within that framework. Um, We've I've discussed the John Joe Shelby thing yesterday. The TC in the panel is asking in the comments is asking Can FIFA find us? Find us over Shelby. Uh, I think I saw on Sky they've reached out to FIFA to see if they will. But I think that's another one that we have to wait. The Premier League don't seem like they they're going to. Obviously, it was an administrative error, and um, it was caught by hook or by crook before anything was uh, done. So we'll have to just wait and see on that as well. Um, yeah, but it just seemed like a, a mistake on Forest part, but disaster was averted. So that's the main thing, uh, even if it's cost us a lot of money, which I discussed yesterday. Right, so let's get into FA Cup weekends then. Blackpool beat us last season, temps 4-1. I suppose circumstances have changed in terms of both the squads, both the standing strictly Blackpool are a League One club now. They do have Neil Critchley back, who was a manager who did very well for them. And they're doing pretty well this season in eighth. How are you viewing the tie in general?
2: Pretty relaxed about it, to be honest, Matthew. I think with Forrest and the, the squad we've got at the minute, there, there isn't a massive amount of differences there between the quality of the player at the top of the, the depth chart and the player at the bottom. So when we rotate, <clears throat> we're not making massive changes to the to the strength for this side. I'd, I'd trust all of the players in the Premier League 25 to, to come into that side uh, and do what they need to do against a team who are... Eighth in League One, four points off the, the playoffs. So we're not we're not playing top class opposition. They need to be respected, but whatever changes we make won't won't weaken us um, for a for a game of this a game of this nature. And just one final point on the, the FFP thing. I think it, it does demonstrate with the amount of players that we're funding in, in in transfer fees and wages who aren't anywhere near this our Premier League side. There's a decent budget there. And if if we were to, to use it efficiently, the, the quality and size of contract that we could now offer a player and um, puts us in a very, very different um stratosphere to the last time we were in a in a game that mattered against Blackpool, which is probably that four-one away win towards the back end of the, the promotion season there's a lot of cash wasted this happens in every single premier league squad this isn't just a forest thing we've had to be scattergunners we've gone through the gears to to put aside together but we haven't spent particularly efficiently have we there's a lot of players cast off harry artist on the book endless players out on loan a few in the few in the bomb squad what what i want to see really now and i think i think what where nuno is getting to is a smaller squad of players who are all of value to him and in not having that wasted cash elsewhere in the car park, he can focus it and get get the money on the pitch, I suppose, is is what I'm saying, really. Because if you did that, if you if you were generally paying 23, 24 top class Premier League professional footballers, you could you could stand weekly wages for a goal scorer of 160, 170k quite comfortably. There's a lot of cash wasted. We have to trim it down, irrespective of FFP. I do see the sense now of getting to a level of spend where it is quality over quantity, a smaller core, less frustrated players, less need to, to loan seven or eight out, less need to, to write off contracts or or carry someone like Harry Arter, who annoys me every time I I say his name. And I just hope this transfer window is a start of his getting to somewhere like that. But yeah. First and foremost, to answer your question. I think we'll be Blackpool quite comfortably.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a point uh, made in the comments actually before you, well, while you were talking, I think, Temps, and I think it's spot on about wasting money. Minutes, on, um, Money on the pitch is a good phrase because we have seen so much of players, you know, coming in, playing a few games, disappearing. Obviously, Shelby, Emmanuel Dennis for a season. Uh, Wayne Hennessy is now fourth choice keeper. I don't even know. You know, we've got a lot of players on decent money. It could be put to much better use, and I hope that's reviewed as we go on. I'll put this comment from Chris Botherway in terms, because he's basically your best mate, isn't he? And he does sum it up well. Uh, you know, articles and podcasts can't really comprehend the amount of grey areas around FFP. Let's trust the club. That is true. I would certainly never profess to be an FFP expert. We are very much in a holding pattern until we hear uh, you know, the verdict of the Premier League on, on us and every other Premier League club who have their accounts scrutinised in their massive depth, no doubt. Mikey, how are you feeling about the tie and uh, anything you want to add around what Temp said there?
0: No, I agree with that. I was nodding along. I think he's bang on. Um, in, in terms of the tie, uh, I think we're just a very different beast than we were this time, last time we played Blackpool. You know, we were trying to find our feet. He, I think Cooper made 10 or 11 changes that game and we looked like we'd made 10 or 11 changes. But I think even if we make 10 or 11 this game, um, like Temp says, there's not a great deal of difference between what many would consider to be our starting eleven um in comparison to the eleven that's going to go on the pitch. So I therefore I'd expect a um <clears throat> sorry similar level of uh, performance and that should be good enough to be a League One side if with with all due respect. So and we own one. And to be honest, I've still not forgiven them for beating us in the playoffs. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gay, I've got a long memory. Um, I'm going yeah, if I, down see,
2: the- if I see DJ Campbell on the terraces. I'm going to be very wound up, Mikey. That will trigger me as well.
0: Um, I still can't get over this. Celebrations. Anyway, I'm very bitter. Um, so it would be really, really nice that if, you know, the players that, that maybe struggle for minutes and the ones that want to really impress Nuno and some of them that maybe were thinking they were out the door in January, this is a good opportunity for them to get on the pitch, show what they're all about. And I just think whatever team we put out it should be enough to comfortably be. Blackpool like I said with all due respect um, they do have Jordan Rhodes up front is he still there? Because he always scores against us doesn't he? So that worries me a little bit but that's just that's just my uh, historical memory kicking in um, but no I'm really really confident I'm, like I said I'm going down there, we're going to make a day of it and um, by all accounts there's a good crowd a lot of tickets been sold as well which is good because you see some of these FA Cup ties and the stadiums are off empty, you wonder what's going off, I don't think that's going to be the case on Sunday so well done to to the fans and so we continue this good momentum because it is about momentum. You know, we've won Premier League games back to back. Blimey, when 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 was the last time we did that? Somebody needs to tell me. Um, have we even done it since we got promoted? I'm not sure. But um, let's just keep the momentum going because then we've got a massive game against Brentford. And if we go into that three consecutive wins on the bounce, should be some good stuff. So, yeah, I'm really positive, Matt.
1: I feel pretty confident as well. I mean if it was away then you always have that kind of worry about, you know, will they buckle? will some of the you know players not fancy in a, a you know a a hostile home crowd, a dodgy pitch and all that. But because we're at home, I'd be very disappointed if we lost the tie, certainly. Did you want to come in there,
2: Thames? No, carry on, Skipper.
1: Uh, Good. When you unmute yourself, I thought there's normally a sign that people want to come in. Greg sits there with his hand over the mute button sometimes, so I can see when he's itching to come in. Right, let's start talking of teams and let's put up our lineups. Very difficult to predict, obviously, but there is some consistency around what we've picked, particularly in terms of um, shape. Uh, Temps replied to the WhatsApp first, so I'll put Temps's up and I'll read it out as ever for the benefit of people who are listening or watching. Um, Vlacodomos in goal coming in for Turner, back for Williams, Worrell, Felipe, Toffolo. Uh, Mangala and Yates in midfield, uh, with Gibbs-White in behind, Wood, Dominguez and hudson Adoy in support. one point four times mentions it. Um, Mikey was asking about Mangala because he got his fifth yellow. But uh, the clock's reset on that now. After 90, uh, When you played your 20th Premier League game, it goes back to zero. And I don't think it counts from competition to competition in terms of yellows. It's only red. So he wouldn't have been suspended for this game anyway. Right, Temps, talk us through this. Tell me if I've made any horrendous inaccuracies like Dominguez playing well out of wide and stuff like that. What's, what's your thinking here?
2: Far from it. I think you've raised your game, Matthew, both on accuracy and the quality of your graphics in recent weeks, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. I've changed the keeper just because uh, Turner's having a crisis of confidence, isn't he? I just I don't like watching a player struggle. I think he did struggle <laughs> against Man United, and then Garth Crooks went and put him in his his team of the week, ostensibly for some decent saves. And in, in that game, if we're being fair to Turner, he was he was okay with his hands, but he was terrible with his feet. He was still running around the ball. And he was putting it into the stands on, on both sides. So the laconomos the will have, have, have sat there watching that, knowing he's going to get his opportunity to come in and press. So so this is this is it. I've rotated the centre halves, um, given that Neakarte and Murillo feel inked in to um to start for me when they're, they're fit and available. But in, in as we prepare for AFCON, we need to see what's further down the, the depth chart. So Felipe and Warrell get a go. Nico and Toff. Have done okay in recent weeks. Done very very little wrong, so I think they thoroughly deserve their their spots uh, at fullback. They'll have chances to attack, to join the attacks, and to get crosses off a, off a width down the, the flanks. Really strong central midfield three. I think this uh, reinforces the point Mikey and I were making about having this this depth of players of of a certain quality who certainly don't weaken the side when they come in. I'm keeping Gibbs White in the 10 spot because I think that's Nuno's mission now to build the team around him, to get the best out of him as we have in the past couple of weeks. Mangala needs some minutes and Yates has been unbelievable. Ilanga's rested for Callum Hudson-Odoi. We've all seen the version of left wing that Nico Dominguez plays. He actually tucks in and becomes a fourth centre mid uh, when not needed uh, and really leads that that press. Turning over the ball high in this game will give us a lot of opportunities. Uh, it could easily be a re that starts, but I've stuck Chris Wood in, because I'd like to get this one done and dusted first half and then introduce boys from the bench as, as early as we can. So that's my, my general thinking with this side.
1: Uh, I took the graphic down quite early. Someone told me I leave it uh, up too long, and then I thought I saw a bit of panic in your eyes that you'd forgotten who your team was. So I'll put it back up again quickly and ask you about a couple of players. Um, I suppose Felipe's a bit of a concern injury-wise Um I mean, who else have we got there? Omar Bamadeli's in our other teams, so I guess he'd be the obvious one. I mean, could you bring Scott McKenna in from the cold? You know, it looks like he's likely leaving. It does show we're very short at centre-half suddenly, aren't we?
2: Look, I think McKenna's in the igloo, isn't he? I don't think he's anywhere near getting a go. And the reason I left Omar Bamadeli out of this side is my hunch is he's been nowhere near the side and for for his sake, he needs to go out and get a loan, and I just think that's slightly easier to achieve if a player isn't cup tied. So ignoring that, it is an obvious one to to blood him, but he's been so far from the side. I just wonder if he'll be introduced when these boys have uh, have had some exposure and perhaps need the need the minutes. But yeah, it'd be, be interesting to hear, hear your your cases for him. So I think Forest fans are keen to, to have a look. The Dominguez thing's interesting because I was speaking to a few Forest fans before the Man United game. When we saw the team announce, I think we felt Dominguez would sit centrally and Gibbs-White would find himself hung out wide again. But watching Dominguez in that game, it was really intelligent, actually. Obviously, the, the, the position he took up to, to score his goal, his, his general play with and without the ball. He's a very technical player. And he's very intuitive when it comes to positioning. So he won't be playing as a chalk on your boots winger. He'll provide width when we need to. He'll press the fullback when he needs to. But generally, he'll try and create an overload um, in the middle by being a uh, more of a number eight slash ten when we're in possession. So yeah, just just watch what he does if uh, if you're a bit of a formation geek like I am.
1: Yeah, it was clever. Obviously, you know, United. Uh, just played one sitting midfielder uh, and was left acres of space. We, uh, it was clever of Nuno to exploit it. I thought. See, it will be interesting to see how when Hudson Odoi plays, when Dominguez plays, how we utilise those players. How teams suddenly they're going to realise pretty quickly they need to mark Morgan Gibbs White more closely. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we play against teams as well that aren't as good. Um, that's my one takeaway from what we've seen from Nuno so far, like Newcastle and United. They kind of went at us a bit because they're bigger clubs. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting challenge. Like, Brentford away is going to be such an interesting game because they they tend to sit quite deep. So, yeah, that's one for another day, certainly. But um, Let's bring up Mikey's team and then we'll do mine after. I'll read it out again. Uh, for our listeners uh, Also the Kodomos in goal uh, Same back for basically Williams, Warrell, Toffolo But Omar Bamideli plays, plays uh, Mangala and Yates again in midfield uh, Gibbs-White gets a rest with Danilo Playing as the advanced player uh, hudson Adoy and Dominguez In support of Divok Origi, not Chris Wood Danilo and Murillo are interesting Because they could potentially be playing In the Olympic qualifiers for Brazil But uh, none of us have seen The official squad lists for that yet so I hope they're not. I hope, you know, Danilo's finally getting a run of games in the Premier League. So I hope that Forrest can convince them to let him stay here. And the same for Murillo, who's a pretty inexperienced player um, and would benefit from just playing Premier League football, I think. Obviously, I'm not begrudging players going to AFCON. That's a major tournament. But yes, anyway, Mikey, um, thoughts on this team? Very similar to Temps, just a bit of a difference. Do you think it's important that we retain this shape that we've been playing in, basically?
0: Yeah, I do, just, just for a bit of... Continuity. So I'm still laughing at some of the things uh, Temp said, something about... Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll refer to it in, in a second. Um, the keeper, I, uh, I'm the same as Temp, I'll be honest with you. So um, I don't like seeing a goalkeeper struggle. And I, I think this is a good opportunity um, for Kodimos to, to show Nuno what he's all about. And therefore, I expect him to, to get the start. And then Nuno can at least say, look, I've seen both my goalkeepers in the first three or four games. And, and this is the one I want to go with if we're not going to bring another one in. I think most people would think that was fair. Um, the back four, same attempts. The only one I've got in differently is obviously on the Bama Delhi. I've worked on saying that as you can tell. Um mm-hmm. the view that we said a minute ago around um it's easy to loan somebody out if they're cooked out. I, I absolutely endorse that. I also think there might be a rule that says she can't play for two more than two teams in a in a calendar season. Um He's obviously played for Norwich. And if he plays for us here, I wonder if that stops us from loaning him out to anyone else other than Norwich in this country. Not sure. It just came into my head. However, I wouldn't loan him out. I'd start him because you've got to ask yourself the question, if he's not going to play this game, what game is he going to play? So this is an an ideal opportunity to see what he's all about, see if he can get the feel of the city ground pitch with the fans. And then make a decision from there. But I will keep him around simply because, as you were saying, Matt, the shortage that we have at centre-half. I'm not sure Felipe will play for us. His knees obviously causing him huge problems, and he's been out pretty much the entire season. He's also out of contract at the end of the season. So if you're being cynical, you might say that that might be the last we see of Felipe. Um, Scott McKenna, of course, has been frozen out and will probably leave in, in January. Joe Worrell. Although he's come back in, you know, lots of the uh, rumours that he might be on his way as well. Um, some very reputable journalists reporting that. So if, if you're thinking you're losing him as well, we've already lost Bolly and Nia to the to the Afcon. Blimey, who we got left? So that's why I'm I'm, I'm advocating giving Andrew, I'll call him now, um, a centre back start because I think he might feature quite heavily um, in the next few weeks and hope he does because he's obviously a very hot prospect, big talent, big outlay spent on him. And you know what? He um, he could surprise us all. So I, I would I would be uh, really keen to see him on on Sunday. Again, same midfield shape. Mangolier, same as Temps. I've gone for Danilo. I think I read somewhere yesterday that Forrest weren't keen on releasing him. So um, we'll see what happens with that. But I think having Danilo in that spot in behind the striker, um, one because I, I love his forward runs, and as much as I enjoyed him picking the ball up off the back four on them. Um, Saturday against Manu. I still think his best position is sort of in behind running forward because of the power of his runs are quite quite something to see. Um and also just to rest Morgan Gibbs white, he was limping at the end of that game. If there's any sort of knock whatsoever, don't think there is, but if there is, just rest him. And I wouldn't want to see him injured in this game because he is going to be crucial, as Thames was saying. I think we're going to build the team around him. I think Nuno's got the same idea as Cooper. Um so I'd have Danilo in that role. Um Callum and I think I went for Dominguez as well, didn't I? And then I've gone for Origi up front for very much similar reasons as I was saying before. You know, um assuming taiwo is not going to be back anytime soon, although it does look promising what we've seen in post, and maybe he's ahead of schedule. Chris Wood is going to lead that line for a month. And I don't want to see him picking up any sort of injury. So mine is quite a cautious approach. And Dibok Origi, if he's not going to do it against Blackpool at home, you might as well just send him back. Sorry, but that's just the truth. So all, all the fans have been saying, come on, give Origi a go. He's operated at a higher level. Um, you know, he, he knows um, how to you know, win games on his own. He's won the Champions League. It's called the winning goal. So Blackpool at home is the game for Divock Origi. So I'm starting him as well. But same shape.
1: Um, my question is going to be on Origi then. So say Origi bangs in a hat-trick. Does it change your opinion on him? Because I think the general consensus is he could go back if it funds or frees up space for another striker. Say he scores three against a League One club, would you say, actually, you know, look, Chris Wood's got some goals and I've got faith in him. Would you say, actually, I've got faith in Origi now?
0: Um, I wouldn't start him regardless (laughs) at at Brentford, to be honest, because I think that's the type of game where you need a bit of experience. Chris Wood is going to be crucial there, and he's played really well as a Chris, so I think he deserves to keep his shirt. However, it's more around, is Origi going to feature in the second half of the season? get him up and running. And the strikers love goals, right? So a hat-trick against Blackpool might kick-start him and we need him as an option from the bench. So I think great opportunity for him, um, but I don't think, sound really harsh, but I don't think whatever he does is going to start at Brentford. But I do think he could feature based on his performance um, that we see on Sunday, as in for the rest of the season. Otherwise, I think we're going to send him back
1: Hemp's picture on his TV is absolutely sensational behind him. What's that like? Not 4 HD. That's like 20 HD. Very good. You get what you pay for, I tell you, Matt. Yeah, it's better than mine. So, yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Uh, Right, let's put up my team then. Uh, Again, very similar uh, to the other lads, but a couple of – I think there's one change, certainly – Attempts praise my graphics. This is actually horrifically cropped, as was well Mikey, so I don't know what's happened there. Um Lakodamos in goal and then the same back four as Mikey Williams uh, Williams Warrell, easier to say. Omar and Toffalo, Mangala and Yates in midfield. I put Aguilera in um behind the striker to have a look at him. I think I saw him, was it in the Blackpool the Burnley Cup game? And he looks quite bright and he had a decent preseason. He's obviously a young, talented player. So I'd like to have a look at him. Hudson Adoy. Uh, and Dominguez as well give Elanga a rest and then Origi for the same reasons as Mikey it'd be a disaster if we Chris Wood got a hamstring injury or tweaked his knee in a in a game where he doesn't really need to play and I don't think we've got any young striker on the bench that's ready to come in So, and I don't think we need to play um, academy players necessarily put a couple on the bench but Aguilera is as close as I would come to you know drastic non-premier league changes and I'd like to have a look at Omur Bamadeli as well subject to the rules that Mikey mentioned about loan deals and if this would scupper him obviously Nuno knows better than us about what would serve his development but we do need to see him play some football in the second half of the season because at the moment he's arguably wasted six months of his career so um, any thoughts on that chaps would either of you like to see Aguilera you saw him tempting in that cup game with me didn't you He he looked all right
2: yeah, Cup gave him a couple of couple of friendlies as well. He's, he, he's tidy, but I think he's one of those. You're better off out the side than in sometimes, aren't you? Because the, the consistency that's required to be a, a standout number 10 at this this level is uh, is a long way away from him at the minute. What I'd ask you, Matt, is do we think Hudson Doyle could be key in this game if Blackpool play three at the back as they have done in recent weeks with three centre-halves who are big and perhaps a bit less less mobile? Could, could this be an opportunity for him to show what he can be when he's the big head?
1: Yeah, good point. Poor old Hudson-Odoi having to put a statement out on uh, on his Instagram last night as well, which people might have seen. Um, yeah, that's a good point because he's a confidence player, isn't he? And um, if he can go out there and really tear it up, even if it's against the League One club with all due respect to them, I think that would really serve him well. Um, and we can see a lot from him second half of the season. I think we do need to buy a winger, winger as I've said on here. But if we can get Hudson-Odoi playing to the same level as Ilanga, uh, and get Taiwo back and have Wood playing as he is and Gibbs White playing as he is and we've got a real promising uh, attack there which did not look the case you know, a couple of weeks ago. We struggled to see where goals were coming from um, and I argued that Ilanga playing up front might be the best solution without Taiwo wrongly. You know, you have to hold your hands up and say when you got it wrong. I didn't see Chris Wood playing like he had even though I'm quite a fan of his. So yeah, um, hudson Adoy could have a big role to play and you're right about Aguilera, aren't you, around... The levels, which is kind of why I'd like to have a look at him, just see if he can do something. And you know, if he does then great. If he doesn't, then maybe he need what well, he probably does need a loan. But yeah, some interest uh there. Anything else to add on the game, Mikey, or uh general thoughts on it?
0: There's Mikey just, just just one thing. Um oh, can can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Is that better better? Sorry. My uh, internet's uh being a bit dodgy just one thing to add i'm always under the mindset that um get the game won. so start as strong as you can or as strong as you can justify and then if you're two three and a lot you can then make the changes so i won't be adverse to seeing a few academy kids if there's some available um and I, I probably i think starting somebody like aguilera kind of makes sense just the one person but i wouldn't make any sort of fundamental changes in that so um, I think let's try and get ahead in the game, get the game on. And then if we want to see a couple of fresh faces, some of the younger kids, then it's a great opportunity to do so. And I would start strong as as, strong as I've said, really.
2: So here's my question, lads. Is anyone that comes in, are they just a placeholder to prevent injuries to key players? Or is there any realistic prospect of anyone coming from nowhere to force themselves into the side for a match like this?
1: uh yeah one of them uh, mikey sounds like he's reporting from an earthquake or something disaster zone now your internet's got a bit dodgy but hopefully it recovers um probably just for Kodamos isn't it you know if he comes in and has a competent game then i think he'll have every chance of retaining the shirt unless we sign a goalkeeper um but um no i don't i don't think so maybe um center-half because niokate isn't going to play at brentford so there's an opportunity for someone to come in. Obviously, it's not going to be willy-bolly. So if Joe Worrell uh, plays well, you'd imagine it would be him. But if Omar Bamideli does play and has an absolute blinder, and Forrest are looking for a right-footed version of Murillo, and Omar Bamideli is supposed to be that kind of footballer, then he could. But no, players like um, Aguilera and Narigi um, aren't going to do it, are they? But I'd like to have a look... Um, at... Um, hang on, I'm just going to kick Mikey out at his request. Not because he hates us, but he wants to log back in and switch Wi-Fi, I think. Here we go. Sorry for that. Um, Mangala's interesting temps, isn't he? Because I thought he'd flourish under Nuno. And I do think he will, but in these early games, he's been the one to miss out, which was a bit surprising. So it'd be nice to see him have a good game, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, I kind of get it. If Nuno's given everyone a clean slate and he's thrown away the DVDs, as we said, a couple of weeks ago, he, he picked him, didn't he? He played him against... Bournemouth, and he was uh, he was a little bit lightweight, and that's the first time I've seen Mangala physically bullied, give the ball away a little bit. Look, he just had a bad game, and he's probably entitled to that because he'd been very very consistent throughout his entire time in the in the Forest side. So that's that's what I put that down to. Um, he is one that can play his way back in. He is an, an all round midfielder, and he should have so much time on the ball. He's he's comfortable with. Uh, under pressure, he's comfortable in the jewels, and I, I just think against League One opposition, his range of passing, his eye, his comfort on the ball could be could be quite telling. He he's the one who has to bring poise, particularly if he's in there with Yates and a less experienced number ten than Morgan Gibbs White.
1: Mm, I'll add Mikey back in. Uh, that's better, Mikey. I'll throw this question at you. Um, Clifford asks about. Give Nuno Tavares a run out. I mean, actually, it wouldn't be at left back for me if he did play in that Dominguez role, playing higher up the pitch as more of a winger. I suppose, Mikey, if he does play, it's a sign that Nuno might fancy him and we might keep him. But if he doesn't, then it probably, does it surely signal that he's, he's finished with Forrest?
0: Yeah, I think so. Sorry, guys, I'm on my phone now. My computer is playing up a little bit. Um, Yeah, do you know what? I I debated that as well. Um, But I'm like you, Matt. I I don't really see him as a fullback. I think he was recruited probably to play that wing-back system. And it looks like we've kind of moved away from that. So if he does make an appearance, I I concur. I think he might make an appearance further forward. I think when he was in France, he played a more advanced role, didn't he? Um, So... Potentially, you know, you never say no to any anything. You know, Montiel was kind of written off by a lot of us up until a couple of weeks ago, and now he's arguably our first choice right back, and we're looking to potentially sign him on the free, so uh, on um, uh, the agreed uh, deal that we have for him. So, um, yeah, he he may be one that potentially features on the bench and maybe comes on, but it's like anything, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. This these next couple of weeks are just a great opportunity to impress the manager and then decide whether you've got a future at Forest or not. My gut feel is that we'll send him back to Vares. Uh, however, I'm more than happy to be proved wrong. So if he starts in that team, puts in a great performance, then do you know what? He's another one that's taken the ball by the horns and, and might feature, but I, I can't see it personally, to be honest. I think he'll, he'll be one that's, that's sent back and will free up a space and, and a bit of a Bit of wages to to maybe bring somebody else in but we'll
1: see um danny in the comments asked about omar richards on loan at limpiacos i think he's played five minutes of first team football and he's been playing for under 23 so he is closer to to fitness it's such a shame what's happened to him and hopefully he plays more games in the second half of the season because he is a good player but um he's a, a billion miles away from forest's first team at the moment right i think that covers all the ground uh, i wanted to temps. anything you wanted to add before we depart any other business no uh, nothing to add chaps good because i know mikey's got one that he probably come off his long run out oh, so, is it yeah, run time is it ran really, yeah, Full, full wind up fastball go on mikey what have you I to might say? come back
2: on this depending on, depending on how carried away you get <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well be- before i go on a little bit of a run i just want to say um uh, a couple of people that um Interact with on Twitter, Claire and Evie, both gone for operations this week. Hope you guys are okay. Sounds like you are, which is good. And just a big hello to a mate of mine called Jared, who watches the podcast, and also Ronnie and Jenny, who came over from Norway to watch the last game and really enjoyed it. And I met them in the pub before. So lovely to meet you guys and and glad everybody enjoys this podcast. So, um, yes, the VAR. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I don't even know where to start. So, The Bolly incident, because I've not been on since that, I was fuming at the ground because that was one of the best tackles I've seen for about six months. And and, and he went as far as to pass the ball to the other player and got sent off. Now, the argument we got from that, and I'm going somewhere with this, is that the laws laws at the moment prohibit VAR from um, interjecting into a second yellow. However, what they've said is that's something they'll review next year. So you go so <clears throat> you basically go, okay, fair enough. I understand that it's absolutely cost us the game, but they know it's a loophole, they know it's wrong, and they're gonna fix it, right? So that's fine. And then you get further games, and there's so many I can choose from where it is in their remit to change it, and it is in their <clears throat> remit to 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 make the right decision. You know, do the right thing, not just follow the absolutely to the letter of the law. We all know what a good challenge is. We all know when you win the ball. You know, if you slow anything down, every challenge is a red card. And we saw one last night with with Everton. Honestly, you know, people use the phrase, the game's gone, right? But when I saw that, what on earth is going on? The guy wins the ball with the side of his foot. Yes, his studs are up, but every studs are up for like every challenge. You could slow anything down. And I just feel that we're getting into a situation where people pay their hard-earned money and a lot of money to go and watch Premier League football. And what they want to see is 11 versus 11, and whoever is the better team over 100 minutes wins the game. But what you're getting now is 11 versus 10, 9 versus 10, 10 versus 11, people being suspended for picking up yellow cards for nothing and red cards. And it's, it's diminishing the enjoyment of the game. <clears throat> and don't get them started on things like the offside. So you've got automatic offsides. Uh, that are incorporated around the world. Yet for some reason, the Premier League, again, they're going to look at it for next season. Don't use it. So you spend three or four minutes in the cold, shivering in the ground, waiting for them to get the protractors out and draw a line on a football pitch when the technology exists for them to do it in 10 seconds. So there's that. There's, There's just so much that I could go on about. I just feel that it was bought in because we as a football community couldn't accept human beings, referees, <clears throat> making mistakes because the consequences were so huge. But what we've got now is technology that's being used, but it's being used by the same people. So we're still getting the mistakes. And, you know, they've got specialised programmes for it now. Every Monday, everybody watches it, past 11, where they talk about what they've got wrong. Like this, this, jean fans chanting for VAR and stuff. I mean, what is happening? I mean, honestly... I want to go to a football game where the best team wins and you do get a bit of controversy and that's fine. But you talk about it in the pub afterwards and, you, and that's fine. And I might be a bit old school and I get it. and I know temp you're very much in, in the camp of these eight million cameras. Let's use them with the technology. I understand that. But until those people operating those cameras are giving us or recommending, should I say, decisions that are accurate and based on the fact that we've all played the game it's not just you know slow something down it looks horrible therefore send him off it's just not working and it's diminishing everybody's enjoyment of the game and I hope I'm not alone in this and I'm sorry for the rant but it's been winding me up for about a month now and it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and I've even got to the stage where I can't even celebrate a goal anymore because you 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 jump up and you pull whoever's next to you some random person and then your first bit inside your gut is Hold on. Was he offside? Was he not offside? Did he touch the ball? I'm like, is this really what it's all about? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, if it was me, you know, I work in retail. <clears throat> this is where you go. Product recall. Get it off the shelves. Get it bespoke so it works. And then when it does work, get it back in. I just feel it's product recall time. Honestly, that's that's where I'm at with it. I've just I've had enough of it, and it's ruining the game. Temps, I should bring you in because I don't know whether you agree.
2: Well, in that case, were you, were you responsible for that cheese that we were like to take back to Waitrose? Because it had something in it. Was that one of yours, was it? Was that one of your recalls? <laughs> I like it. I think I listen to Talkspot every now and again. And if someone rings in once a day, basically just to shout, We want our game back, and has a 10-minute rant about V A R. Not dissimilar to what Mikey said. But the, the one the one clear and obvious thing to all of us is that that guy who sat with the 30 cameras should be able to interject in any situation where the mistake is clear and obvious. Forget this loophole for a second yellow card. Forget all of that. That's what he's there for. He's got the benefit of 25 cameras that the ref can't see, replays that the ref can't see until he's sent over to the monitor. So if it is a clear and obvious mistake, that's the positive, that's the potential for VAR to be universally accepted, I think, as something that's going to improve the game. But there's still an awful lot of subjectivity and far too many mistakes being made. Few have mentioned the Calvert lewin thing. In, in here, which whilst in error was was more debatable than the willy-bolly thing, which I'm in mean, the same camp as Mikey has, was the tackle of the season. Uh,
1: Jessica's watching Mikey uh, who you mentioned, she says Evie's uh, smiling watching this, that was before you started talking, after this last five minutes of VAR, <laughs> she might not, might not be smiling anymore, but yeah, good to hear she's doing well. Uh, the only thing I would say about it is, I think we've got away from what the VAR should be attempts mentioned clear and obvious. Uh, And, you know, we're examining every minutiae of every slightly contentious looking tackle uh, based on a slow motion replay when it looks totally different to real time. Um, Like I mentioned before we started recording, if Gibbs-White had been sent off against Man U for those um, two slide tackles, one of them, then it probably would have stood and it would have been ridiculous. So yeah, we need to get back to being um, clear and obvious errors, eliminate the howlers, um, and then it might be better but at the moment it's certainly not fit for purpose and it has changed the game so much that it's just not working uh, and it just seemed to work better in the champions league and in other well i don't follow other countries too much but the premier league seem to have lost the plot with it and it's got away from them and it needs a big reset or recall even in the summer but there's a lot to do with it the bolly one is uh, obviously the most egregious from a forest point of view but we've had others this season. The Danilo penalty against Man U where you know, he allegedly um, fouled Rashford and oh, poor old Wolves and teams like that can probably write a book on VAR this season. Um, yeah, a lot of clubs have had nonsense go against them. And I'm sure we've got away with stuff as well that I can't think of at the moment. But there's probably yeah other bits. But it does need a big rethink in the summer. I mean, Howard Webb's come in and he was supposed to fix it and it seems we've got a lot worse. Whether that's his fault or not, I don't know. But... Yeah, so too many issues, and we could probably do another hour on it, but I think we'll leave it there unless anyone's got anything to
2: add. I'll just, I'll just give you one on Howard Webb. His great skill now, he's never in his kit, right? He's a good communicator. He's out there to, to give the the um, uh, opinion, the view of the process, the VAR machine, the elite game match officials, and all the things that they have to, to go through. So he comes on telly once a month and stands in front of a big blue screen with, with Michael Owen and explains what, what they were thinking of. He pulls out four or five clips when they've, they've interjected really positively, and that's well and good. But it all gets blown apart when incidents like the Bolly incident, like the Liverpool versus Spurs goal, where we then get that mm-hmm. glorious audio of three clowns walking across a minefield, basically and just making mistake after mistake, after mistake, being really matey-pally with each other. Um, and, and it's just just embarrassing for, for everyone. So whilst I, I do really rate Howard, where both as a ref and, and now as a communicator, as a spokesperson, the leader of, of these officials, but away from the cameras, away from the studio with my phone and everything else, he needs to make fundamental positive change. So that us and every bloke that ever rings talk sport, isn't still, you know, spinning this same yarn in a year's time.
1: The jotter penalty is another example, isn't it? I mean, you know, I thought I that was a dive and it just feels like VAR now is a way for referees to back up their mate's decision uh, a lot of the time because Anthony Taylor, who gives some dodgy penalties, I think he's a good ref, but, um, you know, that wasn't a penalty and there was a, a way where they could have said, look, you've made a mistake there, but it feels like they're just finding a way to back up bad decisions a lot of the time rather than make their mates look bad. And then Howard Webb is the perfect, you know, apologist in chief after the weekend where he picks up the phone to a manager again and says, sorry, managers must pick up their phone and see Howard Webb's name and just say, oh, this is pointless. <laughs> I don't want the call I anymore. That'll be a
2: good YouTube clip. Good YouTube clip. All the Premier League managers um, edited together saying, yeah, I've had an apology off Howard Webb, but I still lost 3-1 at Brentford and Phil. You know, ready to punch a hole in the in the wall. Daishi last night, wasn't it? He'll get his apology from Howard Webb this morning, I'm sure. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Sorry, Mike, Mikey's just lit something on fire here, hasn't he? <laughs> he set us off a bit, yeah.
1: But it will mean absolutely nothing to get the the weekly Howard Webb call. I mean, is there an apology league? Yeah, you could get points for that. Gregor says, uh, yeah, Wolves would be top. I think Forest would be maybe top three. So uh, yeah, Champions League in something right um uh, i think we'll probably leave it there thanks for everyone who's watched along very much appreciated i should say do like and subscribe tempts looks like he's ready to come back in uh i'm going to put my video up just quickly do us a favor like and subscribe it does certainly help uh can't even find the video there you go i've
2: got to do that wait, once an episode wait till you see his animated logo next week oh. I put that video on at the start,
1: the, anima- the new animated music, yeah. Um, what was the chap's name? Gabriel McKenna, uh, Angel of Gabe on Twitter. I'll give him another shout-out. Very grateful for that. Right, Mikey, thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Can I tell you what I was laughing at earlier on? You know, when Temps put his team up, and I, I, was, mm. I'm going, I was laughing because he mentioned Garth Crooks. And the last time I saw Garth Crooks, he was at Nottingham Station shouting at a train that he missed. Like, literally screaming. <laughs> you know those comedy sketches where they just go, when it. he was doing that. I just, it, I just reminded him and went on a laughing fit for half, an hour, which probably what um, caused my internet to to go down because I was pressing buttons trying not to to laugh. But yeah, anyway, so if everyone could imagine that, that was quite funny. I but
1: had to, um, <laughs> good. <laughs> I thought we were going on now? I had to suppress laughter in the week. I took my son for an eye test at the opticians uh see if he needed his glasses replacing and the optician got him to read out the lines and he got the first one right and they go smaller and he got the second one and he got one wrong and the fourth one he just went uh have a go at that he went r ah, r ah, it's not an r r ah, it's not an r Ah, none of them were ours. You must be the only person who thinks, you know, all four letters on a line are going to be ours. But no, uh, so I just had, stood there thinking about this little seven-year-old kid, thinking they were all ours for the whole time. Right, uh Temps, thank you very much. Very weird tangent there. Sorry. Cheers, chap. See you soon. We shall be back on Sunday after the game uh, in the company of Temps. And Mark messaged me during uh, this stream to say that he thinks he can do it as well. So Temps and Mark will join me at about half five is the plan. So do join us for that. We'll discuss whatever happens against Blackpool. Then we'll be back on Monday with Prutz and Greg and maybe Emily as well. Uh, So thanks very much, everyone. Enjoy the game and we shall see you soon.